0: Have you ever been reading the Bible and come across something so inspiring that it literally stops you in your tracks? Uh, The Bible is so beautiful in that no matter how many times you read it, no matter how many times you hear something, there is never a point where God is not speaking through His Word. And there have been secular books that I have reread and enjoyed for the second or third time, but never got the affirmation, confirmation, uh, enrichment that I get when I read or rehearse God's Word to myself. The beauty of God's Word is that it is aided by a living and powerful spirit. It's like reading a book and having the author like in your living room to turn around, take a break from the book and ask the author about a character that they've created or about a scenario that you're curious about or things that you would have done differently or interpretations that you have and whether those interpretations max the intent of the writer. So I'm reading in Esther and I've read and preached from Esther a lot. I love the book of Esther, I love the book of Ruth. And I really enjoy the, the the messages embedded in the book of Esther. Esther is one of those books that doesn't mention God, but it's all about God. And so I'm reading in the, in, in the book, and I'm going to make this short because I don't have, you know, I have a certain amount of your attention span. If you're not familiar with the book of Esther, let me just give you sort of the cliff notes. The cliff notes are... That a king of Persia had a wife that was tripping. So he fired her and got him a new queen. The new queen's name was Esther, uh, and the king was somewhat of a drunkard. And so the Bible says that he had a guy that was his second in command named Haman. Haman was really full of himself and expected that everyone. Uh, In this particular area bowed down to him as second-in-command Well, there was a guy named Mordecai who was like I'm not bowing Mordecai happens to be the uncle kind of surrogate father of the new queen Esther so Mordecai and Haman the one who is second-in-command have beef so Haman, using his authority and the looseness of the king, says, you know what? I want to kill off all the Jews that are in this area. And it just so happened that he uh, was creating this entire plot to ensure that he was able to murder Mordecai for not bowing to him. The Bible says that uh the king and Haman come up with this plot where Haman would essentially pay a certain amount of money to the king uh, in order for him to live out this um, plot to kill all of the Jews. Uh, When Mordecai gets this information, he goes out into the middle of the city and redresses himself in sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth and ashes in the Bible were what people put on uh, to demonstrate humility, fear, their anticipation of God's move, grief, repentance. So Mordecai is wildly concerned about the plot that Haman has to kill all the Jews because Mordecai is a Jew. And the word gets back to Esther, that your uncle, uh, daddy, father, surrogate, father person uh, is rent his clothes in the middle of the city and is very depressed. So when Queen Esther hears about this, the first thing that she thinks to do is to reclothe him uh, based on her. Uh, Wealth, so she sends clothes outside of the gate. Now, here's the thing that is important to note about this narrative Mordecai hung out in the king's court picture that as somewhat of a courtyard where people hung out and fellowshiped throughout the day. You had to be of a certain esteem. Mordecai had that esteem because previously somebody had plotted to kill the king and it was Mordecai who undid that plot. Now I'm going to come back to that because it's very important to this entire narrative. So when Mordecai gets the news that Haman is, has gotten the king on board with killing all the Jews, he goes into sackcloth and ashes. Well, you are not allowed to wear sackcloth and ashes in the king's court. So Mordecai was outside of the king's court in sackcloth and ashes. Uh, and he, uh, so 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 Esther says, oh no, you know, my uncle, he's sad, let me send him some clothes because I already had on sackcloth and ashes when Mordecai gets the message from Esther, he tells her, oh no, 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 you got this mixed up. You are under the impression that I'm sad. I'm actually like in this position, asking God, petitioning God um, for all of us. You too are a Jew and if they start killing Jews, they are gonna kill you too. So you better come up with some type of strategy. Um, You better go talk to the king. So the messenger goes back to the queen and says, hey, this is what Mordecai said. Uh, he said he ain't taking no clothes. He gonna remain in sackcloth and ashes. You need to figure out what you are going to do to save your people because you are the queen and you are the person that can meet with the king. Well, there's a rule that you cannot meet with the king just randomly. Not even the queen unless he summons you, unless he calls for you. So after the, they they call a fast, the Bible says that 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 the queen Esther says, "Here's what we're gonna do." All the all the ladies in the in the kingdom, um, oh, we we gonna fast. All the ladies in the palace, we gonna fast. Tell Mordecai, uh, he to tell all the Jews in the village. Let's call it the village. Tell all the Jews in the village, they need to be fasting too. We're gonna fast that God will say. Now the narrative kind of switches because we don't know what is really happening, um, when the fast ends, how long this narrative is. What we do know is that there is a particular time block. For which Haman's plot to kill all Jews is to happen, and so um, we see uh, th- th- this this narrative kind of switches. So we're in sackcloth and ashes, and everybody's praying that God would spare the Jews. Well. Uh, the, the uh, after uh, uh, Esther gets done praying, uh, the Bible says that she goes um, and and finally says, "I'm going to show myself to the king." So she kind of goes and lo- loiters near uh, uh, the, the 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 king's um, area of the palace, and the Bible says that he sees her, is overwhelmed by her beauty, and he takes his scepter, um, just like he's supposed to, and extends it to her, and then she's able to come to him because she's been summoned, and 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 he says, "Oh, you're." so beautiful. You're the queen. You can have anything in the world. What do you want? And in wisdom, because she had been praying, she said, tell you what I want, king. I'd love to have a dinner between you, the king, myself, the queen, and Haman. Let's just sit down and have a meal. Let's sit down and have something to eat. So the king says, oh, that's nothing. Sure. So they have a dinner and they they sit down and they eat. I'm sure that the queen had it all laid out. I'm sure she had her maids uh, prepare some of the things that she knew that the king liked. They had a beautiful spread. I mean, it was so beautiful that the Bible says that Haman, after he gets done with the dinner, like he is just full of himself because not only did he just have dinner with the king and the queen, but the queen has invited him to return for dinner the next day. So he is full of himself and he goes out to the king's court where we talked about earlier and he starts telling everybody, oh, uh, not only am I uh, in favor with the king, but also." Also got a favor with the queen, and they invited me to dinner. And the only thing they invited me to dinner once, they want me to come back tomorrow. And so, his expectation is that people in the king's court would hear uh, his uh, uh, um, uh, 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 the, the things that he had accomplished um, because of who he believed that he was, and they would continue to bow down to him. Well, there in the courtyard was Mordecai. Mordecai still refusing to bow. Now, here's the thing that 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 caught my eye. at, at this particular um, instance, at this particular space, nothing has happened that has changed. But I notice that Mordecai has taken off his sackcloth and ashes and returned. To the courtyard. Now that 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 really ministered to me because I think that sometimes um, when we um, get uh, in difficult situations in our life and we don't know what to do, we are uh, met with uh, the, the 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 worry of life. We get a bad report from the doctor. We 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 hear something about um, something happening at our job, and we 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 have an issue with one of our Children or something is going on at the church or whatever it might be, our our first inclination is often not to pray. But once we pray, we still find ourselves in a situation because the, the, the Bible gives us the impression to know that they had indeed prayed. The prayer had, the prayer had already taken place, but nothing had naturally happened. Nothing had changed. The thing that is interesting to me, however, is that Mordecai um, removes his sackcloth and ashes and returns to the king's court before anything happens. Why is that powerful? Because when we pray, we can expect God to move before He moves. There's something that happens when we pray. It, 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 it's almost like in the process of prayer, God is reaffirming His power, His 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 His, his strength, His His might. His, his There's something that God does for us in prayer that even though we don't see the end result, even though we don't know particularly specifically what God is going to do down the road, it positions us to get back in there. You know, it, 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 it it's alarming to me when people say that they have a prayer life, but they have no hope. It, it, it's alarming to me when people say that they have a prayer life, but they have no optimism because it's impossible to be in fellowship with someone who is positive and you stay negative. It, 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 to, to know me is to know me in, and to know me intimately is to know of the things that I like, the things that I care about. To be around me means that that there are certain things that you're going to do, that we're going to do together, that we're going to say. It's impossible to be around me and remain to an extent who you are. Because as you are around me, who I am rubs off on you and who you are rubs off on me it is the same thing with God listen no matter where you are in the process no matter where you are in the situation no matter where what what progress uh, appears to have been made God is doing the work so i love mordecai he n- nothing has happened that 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 pushes him to change clothes nothing ha- has has necessarily happened that would unction him to take his sackcloth and ashes off and go back into the king's court the thing that has actually happened is that in prayer, God reaffirms his power and his love for Mordecai. And Mordecai has the promise of knowing that when God starts working, God is in the listen, I don't know what it was that 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 reassured, that encouraged, that that got Mordecai moving. But there was something that, that encouraged Mordecai to start to, to, to get back to regular life. There was something that 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 God impressed upon the heart of Mordecai and the people if the- Mordecai could see um, God's strategy in action. Mordecai could see God working it out for his people. Mordecai could see uh, God through the strategy. Listen, it's impossible to pray and your hopelessness not turn to hope. It's impossible to pray and God not uh, inspire you, God not um, turn your uh, pessimism to optimism. It's impossible for you to be in prayer and fellowship with God he not rub off on you. Sure, it's difficult. Sure, you haven't gotten the answer. Sure, you're still waiting. Sure, the the, the doctor's prognosis hasn't changed. Sure, the, the child is still crazy. Sure, the boss is still going wild. But there's something about being in fellowship with God. And we experience that in this very minute situation. Listen, if you know the rest of this story, you know that God gives his people victory. But before he gives his people victory, he does it in such a meticulous way that that it, 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 in such a miraculous way that even if you were writing the script, you couldn't write it. See, the thing about us is that sometimes we forget that we serve a God that does exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And so sometimes when we're praying, we're asking God to do the, the what seems to be the best possible thing for us. And God has the unthinkable in store for us as a result of our prayer. So listen, be like Mordecai and put your regular clothes back on. Put your makeup on, square your shoulders, fix your resume, believe in faith that God is going to do it no matter what it looks like.